right, all right. Join the Journey family, friends, and guests. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. If you're listening to this episode on the day it's released, today is a Wednesday. And typically on Wednesdays, Watermark students, middle school, high school students, are gathering in small groups or up at the church uh, and actually using Join the Journey as their small group curriculum. So that said, it's a Wednesday, and I am in the podcast studio with one of our Watermark High School students. He's a Lake Highlands High School junior, and he's back on the podcast for the third time, though you've probably never heard of him, but he is an up-and-coming, I I would say, young theologian. And his name is Bo Richardson. Yo, what's up, guys? Bo, it's good to have you back. It is good to be back. Thank you so much for having me. Happy New Year. Yes. I mean, this is the first Wednesday of the new year. That's crazy. It is crazy. Um, Bo, since you've been here before, you've shared your story. We've talked about all sorts of passages. We're going to link your old episodes in the description. So if people want to know you more, they can go check those out. And we're just going to dive in. You do run cross country if they want to. I don't. You don't. You just run. And I've seen you running in your neighborhood. Occasionally, yeah. He occasionally runs leisurely. (laughs) (laughs) If if you want a fun fact on Bo. But we've got quite a few verses to cover in Proverbs 3 and 4. So I'm going to let you take it away. I know there were quite a few that jumped jumped off the page for you. What's the first one or the first set of verses, if you will? Yeah, the first verse that jumped out to me was Proverbs 3, 5, which is quite a popular verse, but something really stuck out to me this time when reading it. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And we've all heard that, but I totally. think something that I've misinterpreted from that verse is that the path will be easy. Hmm. But it says that the path will be straight. And in Matthew 7, 13 through 14, it says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrows the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Just because the path is straight does not mean that is easy. But in the next verse, uh, in 7 and 8, it says, that it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones if you fear the Lord. Mm. Uh, and I think that that's just such a great reminder. The path won't be easy, but it will be straight, and we can constantly be healed and refreshed by the Lord in that. Do you have an example of that, like how that's played out in your life? Yeah. So I've gotten the privilege of serving at Camp Barnabas, which is a camp for those with special and additional needs. And I was called by the Lord to go uh, without anyone by myself to go and serve. And I didn't really understand that. And it Like without your friends? Yeah, without my friends. Okay. And that was not easy. Uh, it was definitely hard, but it was a very straight path. And the more I depended on the Lord, the more He did uh, heal and refresh me. And that was such a joyful and incredible experience. That's cool, though. What else jumped out for you? Yeah, in verse uh, 9 and 10... It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. This reminded me of something that we've recently read in my Bible study in Acts 4. It says, all the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. And I think that's convicting 
for a high schooler and for mm. younger students is financial responsibility isn't something we often talk about. Sure. But we have a role in the church. We're a part of the body and we are responsible for the the wealth that the Lord has given us. And that was just something that's been very convicting uh, for me recently is donating to the church, uh, going out to dinner with my friends and paying for them, not because I'm mm. scared of money, but because I love the Lord and I love the people that I get to spend my money on. And that's just something the Lord has opened my eyes to is uh, something that's not typically addressed to uh, teenagers and the students, sure. financial responsibility. And we can joyfully give despite us not having as much money. Yeah, that's good. But what do you, I mean, some people might be listening to this and they're thinking, okay, that sounds really impressive for a high school student to say, I'm going to follow this scriptural direction. Now, I would say if that sounds impression, impressive to you, uh, you need to raise your expectations of teenagers and what God wants to do through them. Uh, but hearing that bow, someone could could doubtedly think, oh, but that's his parents' money. Like, that's his allowance. He's easy to be generous when it's mom and dad's money. But you have a job or two? Yes. What do you— So I have the privilege of working with Watermark at the kids' midweek. So cool. I get to serve with kids uh, at nighttime on Thursdays and just take care of them and love them and teach them about the Lord as their parents are being equipped and just taking part in ministries here at Watermark. And then oh. I mow you mow lawns. Well. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so, so sweet. But what else jumped out for you in these chapters? Yeah, jumping to chapter 4 and verse 7, this was one that completely stumped me when I first read it. It says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. <laughs> and whatever you get, get inside. Yeah. <laughs> so after a bit of digging uh, and some very wise people who brought insight into that, I, I realized that it is saying that the wisest thing that you can do is to get wisdom. Mm. That the first step on the path of wisdom is to seek wisdom and to obtain wisdom. And then that just points us right back to Proverbs 9, 10, which says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Mm -hmm. So the first step on the path of wisdom, on the wise path is to get wisdom. And that starts with the fear of the Lord. Mm. It's like you want to get wisdom, you need to get God. It's mm -hmm. good. And your last one, you had one more, one more section that jumped out? Yes. In verse 26, it says, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. And that's another thing that I don't think is discussed a lot, is being conscious of the way you live at all times. Hmm. Ponder the path of your feet. Yeah. And I connected that back to verse 19, uh, contrasting it with the people who do give way or give thought to their ways, uh, are the people who it says, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Mm. And I think that verse 26 is the, the cure for the wicked in 19, who don't mm. see where they're going, who don't know what they stumble over because they do not give thought to their ways. And that's something that I've uh, seen in my own life is that I have found myself far from God after giving thought to my path. Mm. When I see where I am, I realize I'm further away from God than I thought I was. Mm. And we can we can trace it back. You know, we can always see where we went wrong with God. But Jesus is the light. It says 
that they're in deep darkness. But in John 1, it says that Jesus is the light. He's the mm-hmm. light of the world. He is the one who will light up that path, who allows us to be conscious of the way that we walk in, uh, in our life and in our walk with God. And that's just a huge encouragement for me to know that Jesus is lighting the way for me to walk surely. It says that your steps will be sure, and Jesus is the way that that will happen. Absolutely, Bo. I love it. I'm so encouraged and challenged. As I looked at this last section that you're hitting on, in, in between verse 19 and verse 26 is verse 23, Yeah. which if people are following along with the journey journals, they know at the bottom there's a question printed there. Hey, what does it mean to keep your heart with all vigilance? Which comes from verse 23, which says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. And as you're reflecting on your life, I can't or reflecting on, you know, pondering where the path of your feet, I can't help but think about the importance of that verse right there in the middle, which really goes along with this guard your heart concept, yeah. keep your heart with all vigilance. Some translations would say guard your heart. And I think one of the most annoying things Christians say is to guard your heart. Now, hear me, that's not bad advice. It's printed right there in the, in the scriptures. But but what we can do is we can take that advice and we throw it in a box, put it in a corner, and we say, this proverb, Proverb 23, is dating advice or sexual purity advice solely. And the thing is, we're missing out on the broader application of that verse and all God has for us in it. Because it even goes back to your financial example, right? Guarding your heart transcends beyond relationships or purity into many more categories. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that can practically play out in all of our lives. The Shoreline right now is going through a series uh, called The Fight for Your Mind, mm. which is and very similar to guarding your heart uh, and just being aware of what your thought life is like, which reflects what you love. It talks mm. about what your idols are, what you desire, what you what you crave, and that just reveals to us our hearts and our minds. And so to keep your heart can begin with being being sober-minded and by fighting for your mind, fighting for your thought life, as uh, other parts in Scripture talk about. Yeah, like that. Your thought life reflects what you love. Yeah. That's so good. What would be examples of, hey, we really need to protect ourselves from feeding our heart X? Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is social media. That's just because there's so much intake with social media. You're constantly feeding yourself, uh, typically not good, you're you're gratifying your brain, which is unhealthy in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Just the the shots of dopamine and news stories, or you know, like inappropriate jokes or whatever. Yeah, humor. Yeah, even. whatever is uh, fills up your feed is also filling up your thoughts, filling up mm-hmm. your heart. Uh, and that's something that I've been wrestling with and praying about and seeking accountability with is my social media usage or deleting social media mm-hmm. because my priority should be uh, feeding my spirit and guarding my heart. So good, Bo. We're out of time. (laughs) We're going to have to have you back. Thank you for being here, for studying well, for sharing. I'm telling you, up-and-coming young theologian. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.